Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture lesson this morning will be taken from the book of Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning with the 32nd verse. And Luke is recounting the story of the crucifixion. They took two others also, both of them criminals, they put to death with Jesus. When they came to the place called the skull, they nailed Jesus to the cross there and the two criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they are doing. They divided his clothes among themselves by throwing dice. The people stood there watching while the Jewish elders made fun of him. He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah whom God has chosen. The soldiers also made fun of him. They came up to him and offered him wine and said, Save yourself if you are the king of the Jews. These words were written above him. This is the King of the Jews. Lord, help us to understand what we read this morning from thy holy word. They didn't know. I remember I was not out of seminary too long. And there was a fine layman that was in the church. I've always been blessed with the great layman within the church. And laymen who took uh, their responsibility to the Lord Jesus Christ and the church and the preacher serious enough to make some suggestions to the preacher. Some of the best suggestions I've ever had come from laymen. And sometimes I follow through with it and sometimes I don't. But it's not because it's not good advice. But anyway, this man says to me, he said, Preacher, why don't you preach the, the total Bible? Now, I sort of thought it was until I began to really think about the situation and, and I knew that there were some parts of the Bible that I stayed, stayed clear of. I stayed away from it. And I stayed away from it because of the, uh, the emotional type of situation and, and that can happens within my own being and, and what I'm able to see. If I have a penetrating eye of my soul, what I'm able to see and I, I don't like it. And the part that I was staying clear of is what I want to share with you the next three or four Sundays. Uh, we are thinking coming into that period of our Christian year when we think about Lent. And Lent is the time that we remind ourselves of what the awesome price and pain and agony and suffering and rejection that our blessed Lord went through before he finally comes to the cross and to be nailed to the cross. Now I would have to admit to you that to this day and true now uh, that I'd be dealing with something that I'd like to stay away from if I could. But Remembering the words of the slayman, it's good for us to remind ourselves what an awesome price that our salvation uh, was purchased with. And I want you to pray for me that I might be faithful to the word of God here because it's so important. In fact, uh, those people that I have been connected with that knew they were dying and gave me the privilege to be with them when they were dying, uh, that... Uh, and we struggle to listen to the last words they have to say because we know that they're important words and they're usually meaningful words and, and words that come from the very deepest part of their thinking or their soul. And, 
and we try to hold on to them. And well, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to consider the last words that the Lord Jesus Christ had to say to us while he was suspended there between heaven and earth, as if to say that he was not good enough for heaven at this point and not good enough for the earth. So suspended here in this position, nailed to the cross, with all the pain and agony that goes with this type of thing, and being rejected completely and totally by those who were standing there, maybe a little group over somewhere there, uh, that uh, were not tied up within the group, and they loved him and were suffering with him, but uh, the great crowd that rejected the Lord Jesus Christ was abusive to him even uh, while he is dying here upon the cross. And we look at this cross, and we see the suffering and the agony uh, that is going on here upon the cross. There is something about the cross that these minds of ours cannot penetrate. It's there. We, we know that it's there. It's meaningful. In fact, we get our greatest meaning from life, from what this cross stands for. As we think about it and contemplate it and meditate upon it, we know that the greatest gift that we have, the greatest thrill of our heart, comes at this point right here. And then when we look at it properly, it's also our greatest fear. Here's where the chill sets in. Uh, when we think about what happened, the awesome thing that was taking place here upon the cross of, of long ago. And I, I want to say of what the, the, the heavenly messenger said to Moses a long time ago when God was appearing to him to free his people. You remember what the heavenly host said to Moses? Moses, take off your shoes. You're going to be walking on holy ground. Now, focus is holy ground if we have any where we will be walking the next few Sundays as we consider these words of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first words from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, the very first thing that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. As I look at the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, the thing that I know because I've been taught and I've been told what he was doing there stands out. Very bold today. I can't look at the cross without saying it. And that's written on it. It's forgiveness. The one here forgave us. And not because it reveals some towering spirit that he had above ours. That he would stoop down and forgive us. Not because of the tremendous need to forgive uh, on our part. That we needed to be forgiven. But Jesus was hanging there. And what he was doing is revealing the great redemptive love of our heavenly father. It is here where God was reconciling the world to him. That's what I'm saying. It is here that we find forgiveness for your soul and my soul. Now they have removed the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we look at this cross, we see that here stands as remind us that we're in a state of forgiveness with our Heavenly Father. And beloved, I do not know of another greater single message than you and I need to hear than to hear that our sins have been forgiven. I do not know, it doesn't make any difference, how long that you've been a committed Christian to the Lord Jesus Christ. But one of the things that my soul strains to hear from time to time is to have it reaffirmed that I am in a redemptive uh, relationship with God or that I am in a saved relationship with God simply because of what Jesus did here upon the cross. Henry Sloan Coffin a great theologian of a few years ago, a great professor and a great preacher, has written several books, but one of his books is entitled, They Met at the Cross. 
And part of the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ was forgive them. Well, who's he talking about? What about them? And Henry Sohn Coffin is the man that began to answer for me who uh, the them were here. And he puts it this way. He said that they, and the title of the book is They Met at the Cross. And this man says that the teachers were there. And we remember there were the teachers of the Jewish people of the pharisaical group that, that hated the Lord Jesus Christ. They hated him. And they wanted to see him done away with. And they stood there at the cross. We remember there were some very pious religious people there. Yes, we were represented. There were those people who were standing there uh, that was the religious backbone of that civilization. And there they were standing at the foot of the cross and crying for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Along with that group stood the traitors, the one who betrayed him. And then there was a thief also uh, standing uh, nailed there to cross with him. He was there at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the crowd that cried for his blood. And of course, Coffin is making the point that all of us were there. That our representative was standing there at the foot of the cross when the Lord Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross and when he died there. Now, I think Jesus was trying to explain what was going to happen to him long before he died. And it's also in the book of Luke, the 20th chapter. And he tells the disciples a parable about a man who owned a vineyard. And he said this man had this great vineyard, but he wanted to take a trip, and so he took a trip, and servants were in charge of his vineyard. And every year he was to send back and to receive his rent from the use of the vineyard. And so the first year he comes down for the harvest, and he sends his slave back to receive the rent. And, and they saw the slave coming, and they beat him up and threw him outside the gate. And then the second time, uh, the man that owned the vineyard sent to send a second servant, and, and then a third one. And they beat him up and dealt with him shamefully and threw him out. And so he said, well, I will send my son. I will send my son uh, to my stewards. And they will see my son coming. And they will know that this is the heir. And they will respect him and treat him with respect and receive him. And then my work will be taken care of. And so he sent his son. And when they saw the son coming, Jesus said, uh, even before the son got to him, that they saw then they said to themselves, this is the heir. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. And then the vineyard will be totally ours. And so that's what they did. And that's what we were involved in. And dear friends, if you happen to be in doubt as to where that vineyard might be, I would suggest to you this morning that each one of us are standing in it up to our knees, right where we are. Right where we are. That's what we're talking about. Well, we do hedge and cheat and divert and, and use our talent and time in a way sometimes it's not too becoming to us and sometimes in a way that is not too attractive to the kingdom of God. But thank God the story doesn't stop here. I am glad to read this, that Jesus knew himself, that they knew not what they do. They, they don't know what they're doing. And I, I am glad. It's no wonder that these words, of all the words from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, now these words are remembered more than any other. You may not even remember the other words, but I bet every one of us here this morning has some knowledge of these words, and the forgiveness. Jesus was in the process of forgiveness, and and they know not what they do. Oh, and this is meaningful to us.
It is our only, my only saving factor. I don't know. You see, it's easy for us to take care of those things that we know that are sinful. No, we're involved in them. No, we haven't any business being involved in them. Don't intend to do it again. We can come to the Lord and it is his promise and his word to us that if we will come and ask for forgiveness sincerely, that he will forgive us of our sins. But that's only the half of it. You know, I've lived long enough to know that it's the other part of it that gives me some problem. And I'm glad to know that I have a heavenly father that has already prepared for me and to forgive my sins, those that I, I don't know that I'm committing. You see, if we didn't have this, most of us would be too afraid to move. We'd be too afraid to venture out. And we'd be too afraid to, to do some, some things that we, we ought to do, but we're not sure about them. You know, I've lived long enough in the church to know that there have been those things that I have done and asked my church to do and be involved in and tried to get the church to do and thank God some things they didn't do. I've been worse tragedy. But anyway, that I have been involved in making decisions at the time my, my heart was right, my mind was right, my spirit was right. But the decision that was made as the years have come and gone, now I look back on it and I know that that wasn't the best decision that could have been made. And inasmuch as it wasn't the best decision that could have been made, that sin. Oh yes, I can ask God to forgive me of those. But what about the others that I make with all the sincerity of my heart and soul and come a few years later to find out that the better decision could have been made? I have an advocate with the Father to stand there to take care of that need. You know, I am led to believe, yes, I believe that there were certain people there that crossed that day that were just as sincere as I am today. I believe they were. But the question comes to them and to us, how could they stand in the very presence of the perfect one, filled with love, completely and totally? How could they look at him and think that he was evil? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Same way it happens to you and to me today. Here, when we come to the place where we neglect our good intentions and we forsake our good dreams that we have. I had a call to my attention again this past week. I can go back across the years now. And it could be one of many. And maybe I've shared it with you before, but it tells a story that we need to hear. You see, it does, our good intentions are wonderful. They are gifts of God. They are dreams that we have, our visions we have, our things, good things to do. They are from God. It's a pity we don't operate on, but I remember this lady, a lovely lady. Her husband and daughter belong to the church, and she promised me, before you leave this church, preacher, I'm going to join church. She didn't join. Had her funeral some time ago. No, I had the funeral of her husband. And that's been many years later, and she died and never joined the church. A good intention. This is the way we wind up where we are. This is why we wind up way out there somewhere. Is because we're not faithful to the good things that we have within our mind uh, that uh, we might do. It is no need for us praying that God would give us a greater revelation of what we need to do and what we ought to do when we don't operate on the one that he's given to us. It is no need for us to ask God to give us uh, greater visions and uh, give us uh, this things in our mind and our heart that are good if we don't operate and put into uh, operation those things that he has already given to us today. My friends, here's where tragedy starts. By this neglect, our confusion of values. Confusion of values. We live in a semi-Christian society today. 
And these people of long ago, they lived in a society where uh, that they had laws. And what funny laws they were. And that uh, they said that the law would read that if an old ox fell in the ditch, an old cow, they could, uh, they could take time out to get the ox out of the ditch. But if one of God's children was sick and needed to be healed on the Sabbath day, they had to wait till the next day to do it. Now, folks, I come from a background where that uh, pretty much I've kept the law. Uh, but there are some discriminations within our society that have gone on and still go on. The law may say one thing here upon the face of this earth, but there is a law of God. And it calls for a spirit and an attitude. And that spirit and attitude is to be one of love and acceptance. How can you look at the cross without coming to this conclusion? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Well, thank God He has prepared for me an association with the ungodly. Now, I want to be careful to be understood here. Because you see, there's a place and a situation at a time in the spirit in which we are to associate with the ungodly. How will they be able to change unless we associate with them? But I'm thinking about where we give up what we have and go to completely to their side, where that, uh, at last we come to the place and where a sin uh, no longer uh, bothers us and causes hurt. Cruelty, uh, we're not uh, shocked at it. And evil and and things that are done in a hateful way and doesn't bother us a bit. And, and when goodness can no longer steer these hearts and minds of ours, and when we can no more admire and respect people who are doing right and, and wonderful things and who are making a sacrifice for the kingdom of God, when we finally come to the place where these things, we do not respond to them anymore with our heart and our soul, my friend, we are standing right smack at the foot of the cross and we're in trouble. Uh, we're aware of our possibilities today and what we can do and what we ought to do in the kingdom of God. Well, hopefully we can come to this place and as we think about the cross and about Jesus, that things will be different for us. And Jesus did this not because of his sin. He was nailed to the cross not because of his sin and not because he didn't have help. He didn't have to go. He did it for one reason and that is for your sin and my sin. Betrayed by half-hearted discipleship, watered-down Christian experiences, and different attitude. But you and I come to this place today where we think again the thoughts of these men who stood there with the Lord Jesus Christ and saw what happened as Luke did. And we try to understand what has happened to us. And we stand and look at the cross until these hearts of ours feel some rebuke. Until these hearts of ours are disturbed again. Until at last that we stand there long enough where we, it comes to us that we are loved in a tremendous way. Oh, how we are loved. And how we are loved and what a tremendous place that God has given to us in the kingdom. And so we come to this place then where our souls are filled with hope. And our salvation is reassured. And, and then as we stand here, these hearts of ours overflow toward one another. And we, we love one another because Jesus loves us and demonstrated on the cross and, and we, we open these hearts to one another and to the extent that uh, it works its way in such a way that here's a place where we come. Not to be judged, 
and not to be criticized. But we come here in order that we might be able to share the redemptive love of the Lord Jesus Christ that is expressed in forgiveness. That's our message and that's our hope. Our Father, we thank Thee that we are part of it today. Help us that we might be more perfect and doing what we need to do today in the kingdom, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 